These are the daily lectionary comments for Thursday in the second week of Lent. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 24. Abraham seeks a wife for his son Isaac. And then Mark chapter 7, beginning at verse 24, Jesus hears the earnest prayer of a Gentile woman. All right, Genesis chapter 24. As has been the theme for a long time, uh, it, the, the theme has been Abraham and his descendants. So we finally have Isaac and, and, and his role here as Abraham and Sarah's own child. That is secure. But now we have to look at the next generation. And so who is Isaac going to marry? And this becomes very important. Our reading today begins with Abraham uh, calling a servant and making the servant swear to two things. Okay, now it, it talks about how to place your hand under my thigh. This, this was a way of solemnizing a promise. Okay, so it's just an ancient custom. So, you know, I want you to, uh, you know, like shaking on it or something like that. I, give me your word and make an oath, and that's how you're going to do it. He says two things. He commands the servant two things that you must do. Number one, I want you to go to the land where I came from, where I, the kindred. Remember, he was up in Haran. There's another little town up there called Nahor. Um, uh, and, and so that's where Abraham's kindred are. And so he wants to send the servant up there to, to where he came from, to his relatives, to find a wife. He does not want a wife from the Canaanites, which is where he's living. He's living in the land of Canaan, and he does not want a wife from there for his son. Okay, So that's the first thing he's promised. And the second thing that he makes the, the, um, uh, uh, the servant promise is, do not take my son up there. God has promised us this land. We are staying on this land. Isaac is staying on this land. So you've got to go up there from among my kindred, find a wife for my son, bring her back here, and so that they can be married and live happily ever after here in the promised land. Do not take my son up there and do not find a wife from among the Canaanites. The servant swears to all of this. Although he says, what happens if she won't come? And, and, um, Abraham says, well, if she won't come, then I absolve you from this. You have no further responsibility. But I've told you what I expect and what you better not do. And the, the servant takes off and comes to this little town of Naor up in, in Mesopotamia, way up north, way far outside of the promised land where Abraham originally had come from. And then uh, uh, we have the, the servant now prays to God for a sign. He said, now, he's going to park himself outside uh, near a well. And it's toward evening, and the women, the young women of the village are going to come out to the well in order to draw water. And so he figures that whichever woman there is in this town that, that, that the Lord has in mind is probably going to be numbered among those women because they're all going to come out. Should, the women, young girls, actually, coming out, young marriageable girls. So he says, give me a sign. You know, if the one who says... You know, when I ask, she'll give me water and, and, and the camels, too. In other words, she is a person uh, of, of exceeding hospitality and very kind. So he sees uh, uh, Rebecca. Rebecca enters the picture. Uh, and we meet her for the first time. She's very beautiful and all of that. And so he asks her, can I have some water? And she says, well, absolutely, of course. And let me uh, water your camels also. And so... The, the, uh, the servant takes this as confirmation of the sign. But notice that he doesn't just right away jump to that conclusion. Verse uh, 21 says, He gazed 
at her a long time to learn whether this was the one or not. So apparently, uh, continuing to watch her, he decided that he thinks that this is. So he approaches her with a ring and some bracelets. So this is clearly not just a chance encounter. They're going to understand culturally what is happening here. This is an arranged marriage. You understand that arranged marriages were as common as, as, as rain in, in that day. Uh, so this would not be a surprise uh, that this is happening. But he asks her, whose daughter are you? And so when she responds, it becomes clear to the servant that this young lady, Rebecca, clearly is kindred uh, to Abraham. So at this point, he is, he is certain of it. He's, he's, got the right, uh, he's got the right person. And uh, uh, he blesses God for his faithfulness uh, to, to Abraham. And she runs back uh, and, and tells everybody what, what it is that's happened here. You know, uh, uh, she's had this offer and, and she's going to be married and all of this, apparently. Of course, she can't decide she's going to be married. She'll have to be given in marriage. At any rate, we are now introduced to a character that uh, is, is uh, almost as famous in some ways uh, as, as, uh, uh, as other biblical characters. And his name is Laban. And Laban uh, is, is um, a brother to Rebecca. Uh, and so we're going to learn that from Rebecca is going to come a fellow by the name of Jacob. And uh, Laban is going to be Jacob's uncle. And we're going to learn much more about him. Actually, I believe in the coming readings, we're going to be skipping most of this, which is too bad. But I'm going to ask you to read it anyway, or at least tell you that if you do read it, you'll be happy you do. But so, okay, so now we have, we have a wife selected for Isaac. The next generation is getting ready. We're laying the foundation for it. And we've met Laban, whom we're going to learn more about uh, as, uh, as, Jacob, uh, as Jacob grows up, the next generation of the patriarchs. Mark chapter 7, beginning of verse 24. Um, Jesus heads way up north, uh, out of the promised land along the shore uh, of the Mediterranean to, to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So um, the opposition to Jesus is growing uh, in Galilee. So he's gone north of Galilee, outside the promised land altogether. And here he is in Gentile territory, and he meets a woman. Now, What's interesting about this is in the previous reading from yesterday, Jesus talked about how it's not what, what comes on from the outside that defiles a man, but what comes from the inside, from the heart of a man is what defiles him. And then there's a little parenthetical remark, thus Jesus declared all foods to be clean. Well, it's not just foods, all foods that are clean. Ultimately, the fact that all foods are clean is also going to translate into the idea that all people are clean. At this time, uh, it was assumed among the Jews that Gentiles are unclean people. They can't come into the temple. They can't eat with, uh, you know, you can't, a Jew, a faithful Jew can't eat with a Gentile. They're considered ceremonially unclean. And to do this would defile you. So we have Jesus now encountering an unclean person, but he is going to not treat her like a, well, sort of. Let's see what, how this goes. She says, she comes to him uh, because she's got a problem. Her daughter is very sick and she's pleading with Jesus to heal her daughter. 
Now, I want you to see uh, the similarity between what's happening here and what happened in the testing of Abraham. In the testing of Abraham, God had made great and wonderful promises regarding Isaac. And then God turns around and says, take your son Isaac and sacrifice him. And Abraham's faith was able to tell him, there's no way that God is going to allow this to happen. I know you better than that, Lord. In a sense, we have a similar expression of faith here. The woman asks for Jesus to heal her daughter, and Jesus' response is, I come only to the lost sheep of Israel. It's not right to give food meant for the children to the dogs. One of the things that uh, Jews commonly referred uh, to uh, Gentiles as, as dogs. Okay, They're unclean and they're dogs. So that's rather insulting. And Jesus is saying, look, I come to feed the sheep of Israel and I can't give to you what belongs to them. They're the children of God. You are a dog. But she ignores this just as Abraham, in a sense, ignored God's command. He didn't ignore God's command, but he understood that the prior promise um, uh, ultimately is going to control here. And so this woman also sees in the character of God as expressed in Jesus that th those words don't work. Jesus would not turn her away like that, even though he's a Gentile, and even though Jews called them dogs, you know, she knew the God that Jesus came and sent Jesus. She knew him better. Now, we don't know how. We don't know how she knew him, but she did. She said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table, from, you know, the, the children, that was meant for the children. In other words, Jesus, here you are, way outside of Israel. If you come to feed the lost, uh, the children of Israel, what are you doing up here? I know why you're up here. You're up here because uh, the children aren't eating very well. In fact, they're, they're snapping at, the, uh, at your hands. And it's getting a little um, dicey for you down there. The children don't seem to want to eat what you are offering them. But I will. I will. I will trust you. I am calling upon you. And that's the attitude that, that, uh, that Jesus uh, commends. For this, for this, what you have said, your daughter is healed from this very moment. He's commending her faith. Because even though Jesus gave her sort of the cold shoulder, she knew, kind of like Abraham knew, that I hear your words, I understand what they mean, but I know who you are, and I know your heart, and therefore I'm not going to be dissuaded or, uh, from, by what you just said. And that is, that is the essence of faith like I said, with regard to the testing of Abraham, there are going to be many times in the life of a Christian when life is going to seem to be speaking loudly to us. Even God is going to seem to be speaking loudly to us in the events of our life, telling us things which are going to be contrary to the promises that he made with us in our baptism. And when we commune with him and we hear his word, they're going to seem to contradict one another. God will seem to be ignoring us, or God will even seem to be angry with us or to have rejected us. And it is necessary like this Gentile woman to know our Jesus well enough to realize that while 
very bad things might be coming to us in this world, that God's word of promise in Christ trumps all. And that is what we cling to finally. Even if we have to acknowledge, yes, I will eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table, but I know, O Lord, that you will not abandon me, even however unworthy I might be of your mercy, you will not abandon me. And so I am not going to stop coming to you. I'm not going to stop calling upon you, no matter how difficult life may be. As Peter said in another place, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We're not leaving you, Jesus.